This is an AMI podcast. Have you ever wanted to find out some of the things we do and say on commercial breaks? Well, you're about to hear some things you've never heard before on the neutral zone. Be warned, as the saying goes on our show, you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Viewer discretion is advised. We'll do it live. We'll do it live from AMI headquarters in the center of it all. Holy moly! This the most scenic, unbelievable, is the most amazing, sensational, dramatic in history. A neutral zone. Oh my goodness! You know, sometimes I'm really thankful for that long intro because as I come in, I realize, oh. My phone's not on Do Not Disturb, so thank you, Derek Wellsman, for that long intro, because it saved my bacon today. This is Saturday, and it is the Neutral Zone. This week, I am joined for the second week in a row, buckle your seatbelts, by Brett and Cam. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing great. Raptors won like everyone's in a good mood. You walk around Toronto, everyone's like high-fiving one another, talking to one another. It's a great day in the neighborhood. We'll discuss how well Brett feels about the people in Toronto later on in the show. But otherwise, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It's sunny. It's warm. It finally feels like summer. Yes, finally. I just don't know what I'm going to be doing with myself once uh, the next, uh, I would say, five days are over. Yeah, it's, we're going to have to watch those Blue Jays. Don't say it. Uh, <laughs> don't even mention it. It's not worth it. Who are the Blue Jays? <laughs> that team that uh, plays baseball? I mean, I, I guess we should find solace in the fact that the Argos are starting up. TFC's, yes. not, TFC's not playing great, but at least they're fun to go to. Uh, the Toronto Wolfpacker, I'd suggest they're the st- still the new kids in town. They're in their second season. Haven't been down I mean, there they yet. they got a loyal fan base already, though, and they're doing really well, which is fantastic. And as you mentioned, the Argos, like, we all know, like, preseason means everything, and they're 2-0 and in the preseason, the Argos. And I guess I just wallowed in the fact that there's going to be nothing to do this summer. But in hindsight, there's lots to do. The, the, we've got the Indy in Toronto in July that... Uh, I'm going. I'll be going to for the first time ever, which I'm super excited about. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. Where so, is it? Uh, down around Exhibition Place. Yep. Cool. On the lakeshore there, they usually uh, barrier it off, and that's part of the uh, course, right? And uh, I actually went to high school with a guy that drives IndyCar for a living, so I'm I'm super excited to watch him race live for the first time. I went and I met him last year uh, while he was here in town for the for the race, and he said. Who, sorry, who are you? So he, he obviously, huh. did, he didn't know who I was, but the ironic thing is he knew who my brother was. And so I'm my, sure he recognized, like, you, your face. Yeah, because everybody recognizes my face, right, Cameron? No, everybody has a recognizable face is what I'm saying. Is that, like, a lot of people I recognize by their face, but I don't remember their names. Yeah, but you know what? I, I, I've changed so much from the time I was 15 years old to the time I was 35, so. Yeah, well, there's people I still can't remember uh, their names, but I always remember their faces. Yeah, I have trouble with names, too. I'm I'm one of those people that don't remember people. So when, so when Cameron is 80 years old and has started to develop dementia, he's going to remember my face. Well, well, I that, that, that's perfect. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, welcome back from Ottawa. It's uh, you're back. Yeah. Oh, it was it was a great trip. I'm not going to lie. I wish I was there for just a little bit longer with uh, the Kelly and Company gang. We had a lot of fun. Uh, the new CNIB hub in Ottawa is just gorgeous. So if you have a chance to go check it out, it's just at Lansdowne Park, which is basically like the entertainment district down in Ottawa where they have so much going on. Uh, I was a little bit bummed because I did check the CFL preseason schedule. The Ottawa Red Blacks were playing, but they were playing in Montreal. So uh, I wish it was the other way around where Montreal was in Ottawa and we could have went to go see a game. Um, but, uh, no, the CNIB hub is just absolutely phenomenal. So if you have the chance to go check it out, uh, you know, you can go check it out. And then afterwards you can go uh, and, uh, you know, watch some sort of game or, you know, there's a movie theater right beside it too. Uh 
there's just so much to do. There's just so much to do right right in that little area. But the CNIB hub is is drop dead gorgeous. I, I had a great time with Kelly and company, and uh, I look forward to going back. I hope I, we can make a trip back. You know. Uh, at, at a later time and uh, really explore and examine everything that uh, the hub has to offer. Yeah, they they were doing a lot of discussing about the hubs and the new hubs. There's a new hub that opened in London and now in Ottawa, and they're kind of getting better and better with uh, their what they're doing. So absolutely good on good on the hubs. I've never been to Ottawa for uh, an extended period of time for a long time. I went as a kid. But I would love to go back and uh, and check it out. People say Ottawa's a bit of a sleepy town, but I, Cameron I don't know and, if that's true. Cameron and I went to Ottawa one time. We had a pretty uh, good weekend. Yeah, that was uh, – was that provincial championships? Or? No, that, that was uh, watching oh. the uh, the uh, women's basketball. Oh, yeah, with, yeah. With, uh, the German women's wheelchair basketball team, and we you know, watched them play a bit and practice, and that was a yeah, that was a fantastic weekend. That was actually probably the first time I had spent an extended time with Cameron. And I see that you survived. I see. This is probably over a decade ago, so I mean, yeah, we, we, well. we we've developed a pretty close relationship since. It's funny for the listener we were talking about before we came upstairs. I said. How long have you guys known each other? And they both said, without even skipping a beat, too long. Too long. So that's... Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, following up with that Ottawa and seeing the uh, German women's uh, wheelchair basketball team, uh, that happened because I used to be um, a sales coordinator at one of the Delta hotels in Mississauga. And there was always a Spitfire tournament. And all of the teams from all around the world came there. And I was asked to be um, the... Um, liaison. Cheerleader, liaison. I was going to say cheerleader, but liaison is a much more professional <laughs> word. I was the liaison for the German women's wheelchair basketball team. And, like, they were the best. They've won. I don't know if they won the gold when they went to the Paralympics. Maybe it was the silver. But, yeah, that was a phenomenal time. So then I just became a, a stalker of uh, that team and kind of followed them around when they were in Canada. So. Uh. Maybe once again, stalker isn't the most professional. I was going to say, I was thinking. Uh, I have no I words. certainly wasn't a liaison, but yeah, I remember going to Ottawa and uh, hanging out with them. And then I remember um, when they were in Toronto um, for the, was that a World Basketball Championship at the uh, Mattamy Center a couple uh, of years ago? Para Pan Ams. Oh, was it Para Pan Ams at yes. the, there? So they were there for that too. And I remember uh, chatting with them too. So yeah, great team. Yeah, it's uh, those, those, Things are good experiences, and I had actually forgot you were in the hotel industry for uh, <laughs> twenty years. That's little. why he's so professional to us. I always come so so well dressed. Usually, today I'm in today. You're you're. I'm in flipping t-shirt and shorts, man, and running shoes. But but his hair is top notch, even <laughs> though even though it's graying faster than, uh, well, you know. It's okay. Mine's balding, so it's fine. Well, my hair's perfect. I just so. go all natural. It's all good in the hood. All right, before this segment gets any more off the rails than anybody else talks about my balding hair, it's time to take a break and we're going to dive into sports. We're going to start with the Toronto Raptors as they are still in the NBA final. Stay with us right after the break on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. If you want to leave a message for the Neutral Zone, call now, 1-866-509-4545. And don't forget to give us permission to use your message on the air. Let's get ready to leave a voicemail! Welcome back. To the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I am your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Brett Wills and Cam Jenkins, and of course, Jeff Ryman in our control room. Well, thank goodness the Raptors are giving us stuff to talk about here in almost mid-June. Right now, the NBA final is 3-1 to one in favor of the Toronto Raptors. I, I'm going to ask this question. Usually, I leave it kind of open, but I'm going to ask this specific question. Did any one of you think 
that we'd be sitting here today discussing that the Toronto Raptors would be up 3-1 to one in the series. Absolutely not. I did not think that they would be up 3-1. to one. Um, I didn't think they would get swept, but I thought maybe they would win a game. So uh, that makes that five games is what I thought uh, Golden State was going to win. I can't lie. I agree. I think that, uh, you know, heading into Oakland, the series was tied 1-1. And that, you know, people were saying, oh, if they can get at least one, steal one on the road, that'd be great. I don't think people were saying, hey, if they can steal two, that would be even better. I mean, obviously you thought that, but you didn't really think that it was quite possible. And now they went to Oakland, they took game three, and they took game four. And now they find themselves up 3-1 to one in the NBA championship. Um, so, no, I don't think many people really expected. I think it was sort of a fantasy sort of heading into game three and four. And now they they really have, like, they had home court as long as they got the split. But now they really have home court as an option here because two of the next three games are in Toronto. And if if you're the Toronto Raptors, you got to feel a little bit, not comfortable, I don't want to make that word, but you got to feel good about knowing that two of those games will be in and on your home court. So that's something to look to. Look to. Um, thoughts on the Golden State Warriors and their injury issue. What do you guys make of this? Well, I think it's unfortunate, obviously, if you're a Golden State fan or if you've got anything invested in Golden State, unless you're a hedge fund manager and you get kicked out of a game for pushing your oh. an opposing player. But He's did, have that to happen? His, uh... did that happen? Did that happen? I saw something about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not going to make a big deal out of it because... Well, he's going to have to divest his interests in the Golden State Warriors. No, no, we're just going to talk. That's, that's really unfortunate. That 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 uh, billions of dollars that he has is really going to uh, oh, the five hundred thousand dollars. Well, the five hundred thousand dollars that he had to pay, and then the billions of dollars that he makes just because he's a quote unquote smart businessman. Yeah, <laughs> feels, I, I, yeah so yeah. bad, so bad. Kwai me a river. <laughs> so the uh, sorry, you were talking about the Golden State Warriors and their injuries as we sabotage. Yeah, but I mean, uh, give them a little bit of credit. They had two guys come into their lineup last night who were supposedly injured. One had a broken clavicle, and I, I mean, I I saw him play. Is it Looney or Looney? Looney, like yeah. Looney Tunes. Yeah, I saw him play, and I mean. I don't think he played terrible, but no. I mean, he he certainly didn't make an impact on the game. No, no. Um, he's got bigger whatever than I do. I wouldn't be able to play any sport with a, uh, a broken clavicle. Yeah. Um, Clay Thomas, Jeffrey, he looked like he was as healthy as he could be at this time. Were you surprised? I was a little bit surprised. I mean, he came out, and I thought, honestly, yesterday he was the best player for <laughs> the Golden State Warriors. And I know Steph Curry had 27 points, but Clay Thompson was had 28 points, 11 for 18 from the field, 6 of 10 from three-point range. He shot 60% from beyond the arc, which is pretty darn impressive. And I know... That people were always saying, oh, Clay Thompson's a really tough guy. And I, I completely understand. He's totally one of the toughest guys in the NBA. I know he played through a sprained ankle last year in the NBA Finals. But with your hamstring, it's a different animal. I mean, hamstrings usually like to linger for a while. And it's hard to really run around. But he seemed like he was completely fine. Even if he was probably sore, he didn't show it. I thought defensively, he was actually pretty solid. Uh, and from an offensive standpoint, he was their best player by far, and he played 42 minutes, so there was definitely no limit, uh, limit minute restriction uh, no. on him yesterday. So uh, a little bit surprising, but at the same time, not so much because you almost sort of thought if he's playing, he's really going to play. I'm going to read my next note off of the piece of paper, and it makes me laugh as I read it. It says, do you think the Toronto Raptors lost an opportunity after losing game um, game two at home, and now we're sitting here as they uh, are up three to one? 
Um, I want to talk a little bit before I get into the officiating because that'll take up the next 10 minutes of our time. I want to talk a little bit about how Toronto is very businesslike. We've never been here before as a, as a group. And they got off the court yesterday like, ho-hum, we just won. It's like they were in a funeral procession walking through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just won another game. Like, what do you make of that, Brett? Like, is this... I think it uh, has everything to do with the leadership group. You've got Kawhi Leonard. He's been there before. You've got Danny Green that's been there, there before. Gasol has been a defensive player of the year. You've got Nick Nurse, who hasn't necessarily been there before, but by all accounts... In other leagues, he's been there, though. Right, but by all accounts, he has been the most professional coach you could ask for to lead this team. The thing I like about Nick Nurse, too, is he... I was watching some of the post-game stuff, and he was asked about the fans, and he had said... You know the fans in Toronto—they're really good. And he, and then the reporter said, "You know, what's your message to your your team headed into Game Five? And he says, "Well, not to get ahead of yourself because we still have to win another game." Exactly. And I think that is the reason this team has been the way they are. I, I, all the for all the things you've heard about Nick Nurse, oh, first year head coach, like take that off the table now. He's now won. Three series, he's won three games in the NBA final. Like enough, he's done what he needs to do, and and I hate hearing. Well, anybody could have coached that team. No, no, what this guy has done, and he's got some some cojones by playing big in certain points. He he he's pushed he all the right the buttons. Uh, he's changed lineup around, uh, you know, uh, depending on the situation at hand, and so. Uh, I don't want to say he's a magician, but he's certainly done very well in his uh, first year here with the uh, Toronto Raptors. You also have to give a lot of credit to Masai Ujiri. He has taken... He's had the biggest cajones of all. Right, and he's he's taken some heat for some of the moves he's made, but he, everything has been calculated down to the final dollar. And I know that's not the proper term, but but I think you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like he, like you, as you said, um, the final dollar or the uh, the type of player that he needs to beat Golden State because he built his team to beat Golden State Warriors. There, there was a report um, with a, with an interview that was done with um, Demar, and one of the quotes that he made in this in this article was, "I had to be the sacrificial lamb in this situation." Brett, you shot up your hand like you have something that you're just dying to say about it. Well, I know we're on air and I'm not allowed to use expletives, but I, I think that's a crock of crap. He's not the sacrificial lamb whatsoever. This is this is no professional sports is a business, and as much as Demar did uh, uh, f- for this city for this team, I'll give him a heck of a lot of credit because uh, he probably is the best player that has laced them up for the Raptors besides Kawhi. Yeah, but what's the definition of us, in his opinion, what's the definition of a sacrificial lamb? He he got thrown to the wolves as soon as Masai got a chance to upgrade. And what an upgrade it was. Well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, was, it wasn't was he... just one. It was two. Like, everyone forgets about Danny Green. And, sure, he's been off some of the series or his three-pointers haven't been hitting. But this series, hello. Second half of yesterday's game, like hello, and Jeff, jump in here, man. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of think that he kind of was the sacrificial end because something had to give in order for the Raptors to progress in this sort of way where they aren't going to make the NBA Finals with Demar Derozan. And I love Demar Derozan. I, I think he's the greatest Raptor of all time, really. Mm-hmm. But I mean, something just had to give, and Masai Ujiri, I guess, saw that. He had a, a, a bit of a, a shot to take, and he took it. And obviously, it's definitely worked out for the Raptors so far, and now they're just one win away from their first ever championship in the franchise history. And uh, I don't know. I think something just had to give. I don't know if the sacrificial lamb would be the great a great term to use. That's the term he used, but... Um, you know, yeah, so, something I would just want to know give. what the definition of a sacrificial lamb is, because like they had to, in order to get Kawhi Leonard... 
they had to give a good player away, and DeMar DeRozan was that player because um, if you gave Kyle Lowry away and you kept DeMar DeRozan, I don't think they'd be uh, where they are today. No, I agree with you 100%. 100% I agree with you. And, I mean, we talked about it before we came up up here. There are good pieces to this team, but if not for Kawhi Leonard, this team is not where they are. And I, and because he makes... he may, uh, Cam, I'm going to let you go first in a second. Because he makes everyone around him look uh, really good, that's what's pushed this team where they need to be. Kawhi Leonard, uh, apparently he was born in the States, but with the way uh, his mannerisms are about he's talking about the team and uh, a bunch of the other catchphrases that he used, uh, I'm surprised that he's not actually was secretly born in Canada because he has such a Canadian-like attitude. Um, and talking about the specific game, it was Kawhi Leonard in the third quarter that kind of changed everything. And I think Van Vliet um, brought it up the best or how he Van said it Vliet was the best. Senior. Uh, he was said Kawhi Leonard uh, came out and hit two big FU shots. And I think that sums it up. <laughs> Kawhi uh, Leonard just isn't going to lose. Sorry, F you for us shots? F you shots. For us. Well, I'm sure you'd give us four shots if we wanted to. For, but. I, I, I have the definition of a sacrificial lamb in front of me. A sacrificial lamb is a metaphorical reference to a person or animal sacrificed for the common good. The term is derived from the traditions of Abrahamic religion where a lamb is highly valued, a highly valued possession. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the definition from? Just so we can give credit where credit is. Uh... Thank you, Google. Okay. <laughs> oh, Google. Okay. I was gonna be. Uh, I'm also, glad. Did, did you guys? Did you guys uh, see Jeff, how? Jeff's laughing as he's trying. He can't believe you just gave the definition of. I, I, I googled it too. I had a different definition, but it was similar. <laughs> I got mine off of Oxford or something, so it was professional. Uh, <laughs> I think we should actually go off of uh, Wikipedia because I saw, found something kind of funny about the uh, Wikipedia for Oracle Arena. It says that uh, um, the Oracle Arena is an indoor arena located in Oakland, California, United States, and is the home of the Golden State Warriors of the uh, NBA. The arena is currently owned by Kawhi Leonard in the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> That's Thank good. you, Wikipedia. Oh, man. Uh, but did you guys see, uh, sort of switching gears just a little bit, Freddie go down with his injury and got elbowed by Sean Livingston. Oh, yeah. um, and he ended up losing a tooth. And I thought it was kind of funny that they just left the tooth on the court. They just <laughs> sat, there sat, they just there sat, sat there and sat there. And then after the game, uh, he was asked by, I guess, Canadian reporters saying, uh, you know, now that you've lost a tooth, do you feel any more Canadian? And he's like, if that's what Canadian feels like, I don't know if I want to be Canadian. <laughs> and with him on the floor and his blood, like blood rushing down, I'm just waiting for the memes to come out about oh, that I picture, know. man. I'm a poor guy, but I mean, he uh, is, is a tough dude. He came back, had seven stitches, and had a mighty Band-Aid covering his right, uh, uh, just underneath his right eye. And uh, he stuck with it. He stuck in the game. It was I, incredible. I, I actually saw a meme uh, to uh, reference this, and uh, <laughs> it was uh, him laying on the the court, and right next to it was a picture of a scene from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> actually, what I'm most looking forward to is Game Five. Because what I'm looking forward to is Drake and his uh, world-class troll game. Because on the first game, uh, he had the um, troll of on his back of jacket was Kawimia River. Yeah, he's he's he is the ultimate. Oh, and then for the second game, he trolled, and it was uh, on the back of his uh, jacket from Home Alone. You may remember uh, this term too. So I'm uh, I'm really uh, looking forward to see what his troll game is going to be for Game Five, uh, Game Three as far as uh, playing up to Scotiabank Arena, but uh, Game Five I'm looking forward to his troll game job for that one. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and well done with the, uh, the the background music on that one. Um, it's it's pretty amazing to see what's happened. Uh, I just wanted to go back to the tooth. I just love the fact that like both media sources zoomed in on it and were like. 
oh, there's a tooth. And they just went on, went on about their day, like, back to the game. You know, it's just like, all right. Uh, he doesn't need that or anything, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only a tooth. Yeah. He can put it under his pillow and get something from the tooth fairy. <laughs> yeah. Like an NBA championship. But I also <laughs> want to go back to uh, the coaching and how, how I love what Nick Nurse has done. In that first half, the Raptors weren't hitting any shots, it seemed like. I mean, it seemed like a, such a struggle for them to hit shots. Kawhi Leonard included everybody. Just It, it looked like you know the plays they were drawing up were just getting defended uh, way too well. And they were chucking up you know random shots that definitely weren't game-planned. And then in the third quarter, they came out and just absolutely took over it in, in in, in the, for example, Kawhi Leonard was the guy who was just, I think it's 16 of his 30-something points in the in the third quarter. So they yeah. really went back. Nick Nurse made some adjustments. In the first half, though, do you think that that was good defensive basketball on both sides and no. that's why they no. were hitting it, or it was it just looked, sloppy basketball? It looked like sloppy high school basketball. Within that first couple of minutes, there were so many turnovers. Both teams couldn't hit anything. Uh, and then eventually later in the first and early in the second Golden State was finally hitting some. Toronto still struggling, and then they just completely swapped, and Toronto took over in the second half, and Golden State couldn't hit anything. You said high school basketball, and the last time I saw that that much, uh, th- that many things wrong on the court was when I watched a bunch of sixth graders, sorry, six year olds play. Oh boy! Oh, oh my! Okay. On that note, we are going to take a break, but we're going to come back, and I'm probably going to get into a fight with Brett after the break. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the officiating. I want to talk about really about the Raptors being up 3-1. to one. We're going to continue this conversation on the other side of the break, and we're also going to talk about that other final that's going on, Stanley Cup final, all on the second half of the neutral zone right after the break on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. Stay with us. Welcome back to the show here on AMI and Voices for Ability. Well, Brett put out a post earlier today, and we're going to talk about it for a bit. Brett, could you read said post you put out? On Facebook. Quote, while I totally understand the excitement and the stat that suggests only one team has come back from a 3-1 series deficit in the NBA Finals... Can we please relax? Question mark. Don't get too overconfident until Adam Silver hands the boys the Larry O'Brien trophy. Understand? Question mark. Good exclamation mark. Although I agree with what you've said, my only response to said message is we've never been here before as a country. Can we just celebrate the fact that we're up 3-1 without without suggesting without suggesting that we're going to win the NBA final because I'm certainly never been here as a country that that's mind-boggling right because the Jays won in 92 and they won in 93 we've been here before as far as winning a championship as a professional team as right as a basketball team we've never been here before no, but it's still the same thing, whether it's the baseball or if it's the basketball. If you've been there to a championship game before, as far as fans are concerned, they've been here before with a major league team. Not necessarily. I mean, I was born in 93, so therefore I have no recollection of what happened in 92 or 93. So this is like really my first taste of uh, a championship and coming home to Canada. Jeff, Which it has not as of yet. Not as of yet, yeah. Jeff, I totally respect and appreciate the fact that you were born in 1993 when I was born in the mid-80s and Cameron was born in the mid-70s. But um, just... Wow, just throwing out your age on air just like that, eh? Oh, he said mid-70s, so he didn't give it completely away. (laughs) But, But, I mean, just act like you've been there before. And, I mean, the the team is acting like they've been there before. We as fans need to act like we've been here before. 
Yeah. And you know what? I don't mind to a point that they're celebrating that win. Um, however, it's how they conduct themselves with their words that I'm concerned about because if, and I, I hate it when people are like get cocky and they're like, Oh, we've got this and da da da. And if the fans are saying things like this, that bothers me. And I think, yes, they need to be more professional or they've got to, um, because the they haven't won it yet, the Raptors. I think that What's up, you know, Jeffy? I, it doesn't bother me whatsoever what the fans do or or say Same. really. Um, I, I think it's whatever the team does. And if you watched yesterday after the game, all of the Toronto Raptors they weren't high fiving. I mean, they were happy, but as you watch them enter the locker room in post game interviews, they're like, "This is not over yet." They all know this is professional. They. Uh, they still have a, what, one more game to win in order to get that championship, and, and they know that. And they uh, they were really showing that. They weren't jumping up and down, high-fiving each other. That's what the fans were doing, and I love to see that. So that's why I understand where, you know, it is a time to celebrate. It is time to, to have a little fun and, and let loose because the Toronto Raptors, the Raptors have never been here ever before. And now they're one win away from winning it all. I mean, it, there's obviously... Uh, plenty to celebrate and, and have fun with, but well, the Raptors... There uh, is plenty to celebrate. I just don't like it personally when people get real cocky think, oh yeah, we got this. And, yeah. Oh, you No, I understand that a, too, but you just can't let that bother you, but I know yeah. I know the Raptors, like Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard and company, those guys aren't thinking like that one bit. They probably think, you know what, we have one more game to win. Oh, they're totally thinking that they're, way, and I like that approach. Exactly, and that's how uh, you have to sort of, you know, but, block out all the other stuff that may bother you. It's just, you know, let the fans do but, their own thing, but the, the Raptors, uh, the players and personnel, they're they're not going to let that get but, to them. But let's not forget, and I, I, I hope I'm not jinxing them, that... And Gold, that's what I'm afraid of, too. Golden State blew a 3-1 lead. Yeah, I know. So, 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 due, so, so as yeah. much as we have, as much as we're in the driver's seat, stop being cocky. I appreciate the confidence. I really do. The excitement in the city, the, the excitement in the province, the excitement in the country is phenomenal. It's so, 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 so exciting it is. to be a Toronto Raptors fan in 2019. But... We need to just pump the brakes just a little bit. And I believe in karma. And when I start uh, hearing, or oh, yeah, we're going to win the series and this and that when it's not over, karma bites people in the B-U-T-T. And I just don't want that to happen to the Raptors. So So here's my question, and I'm literally just posing it as a question. I saw TSN um, post on their Facebook page. It was a picture of... Uh, Kawhi Leonard on what seemed to be like a cliff or a mountain, and it had one win away with the NBA trophy in the background. Do you guys feel that that's offside from the media or no? They're just actually pointing out a fact. They and are they one, one win away. They are. They got. Yeah, they are one one win away. They, they, their their job is to point out the facts. So can we say that that may be what some fans are doing? That they're in the media? No, no. What fans are doing? Are fans pointing if, out the if, fact? Well, if may, fans maybe. are pointing out that it's one win away, then okay, that's okay. But it's when they go to the, oh, yeah, we're going to beat you and put on Kevin Durant and doesn't matter who's in there. We're going to beat you anyway over the next three games, and we got this. It's just that. That that part bothers me, but stating factual information that oh we're one win away, yeah, well that's that's the truth. We are are we are one win away. I, I I still contend that they need to act humble and act like we've been here before. Yeah, and I I agree with Jeff. I think it's more important for the players themselves to uh, act professional and um, yeah, we'll see. And I, for me, I just. I personally just want to enjoy the moment. I know in the media we have to be, you know. Uh, oh, the media. Let's talk about the American uh, media. They can, as somebody put it on Twitter, they said they can kiss my Canadian asterisk. And that's because they're Whoa, talking Whoa, I thought about... you were going to go right through there. I'm like, whoa, get the bleeper ready on that one. Kiss my Canadian asterisk. Because they have all these asterisks because, oh, Clay Thompson, he was out for a game. And Looney Tunes, he was out for a game. And KD, he's out for a game. And we're so hurt and blah, blah, blah. 
kiss my Canadian asterisk. If the Toronto Raptors win, they win. End of story. And what's with uh, what's with Skip Bayless talking about number oh, two? Skippy. Talking about number two. I don't know he has a vendetta against him, but I have no idea what that is. Is that the guy that sits when you see him in the? So he's with uh, Shannon, that with, football player. With the one, the one that's like on this like higher pedestal, and he sits down with a co-host in a chair below him, and he just no, that's another guy on Fox. I think you're talking about. Yeah, there's that I, guy too. Coward, coward, coward. I, I don't know Colin much about. Coward, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I I don't know much about him. I I just know that I follow him on Twitter and. He, he he's in love with number two. Yeah. Um, question uh, on exactly what you guys are talking about. If if the Toronto Raptors win an NBA championship, does the U.S. media media in general give the Toronto Raptors the credit they will deserve, or will it be more? Well, the Golden State Warriors were. Injury riddled, and that's why they won. I think it'll be 50 50. I think they'll definitely give them credit, but there's going to be like it'll but, be backhanded but, credit. Exactly. But, but Kevin Durant didn't, didn't play. Yeah. But Clay Thompson now, was injured. What about Cleveland? Uh, what was yeah. it in 2016? Uh, they had Kyrie Irving out and um, Kevin Love. Kevin was, Love out. Yeah. That yeah. was never talked about from the best of my knowledge. No. It was just LeBron James took over, and that was it. And exactly. I think the same should be said for Kawhi, where and he's just taken uh, total leadership and taken this team uh, to the promised land, where they've never been before. And I think that the team as a whole has played exceptionally well. And that's not, like, how can you take credit away from the Raptors for something can't. that Golden State, you know, they have injuries and they can't obviously control those. It's not the Raptors' fault Golden State has injuries. And even if they were healthy, I, th- I still think... This would be a great matchup. Yeah, I mean, I it'd be a lot Raptors... closer, I think, than 3-1 right now. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't take credit away from the Raptors. I mean, 105-92, to 92, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, holding Golden State under 100 points is pretty darn impressive. And beating them like they did yesterday, uh, I don't know. I, you know, if, if American media or media in general takes something away from the Raptors for saying that Golden State was injured... Yikes! That's uh, that's pretty petty. Yeah, yeah and like throughout um, the regular season, I think um, Golden State they had like a hundred average of one hundred and sixteen points per game or something like that. And in the these playoffs with the Raptors, the Raptors are holding them to one hundred and four. I think the uh, stats were showing. Like, so. tell me, you know, oh, Golden State's so injured, you know, blah blah. blah. Steph Curry's the only one healthy. Well, Steph Curry shot two from nine from three point yeah. land yesterday, and you're telling me that like. Oh, but yeah. it's okay because the Golden State's injured. That's why they're losing. No, Steph Curry had a, a lousy game yesterday. <laughs> you yeah, know? And probably it has to do with because he went off for 47 a uh, couple of nights ago, and then he's probably just tired, and that's why he – and we're only saying he only got 27. And then talking about the numbers, in the States are like, oh, uh, the numbers for TV numbers, they're down at lowest in 11 or 12 years. But they don't even take into effect the Canadian numbers. Because they don't get them. They exactly. Don't, they don't, but if yeah. you put those numbers in there, it would be yeah. quite high. Yeah. Yeah. But that, to them, it doesn't matter. You know what? It doesn't uh, matter what the American media says because uh, the Toronto Raptors, they're doing it for themselves. They're and. You know, with what Kawhi said, they're not even doing it for Canada, but like they're doing it for themselves at the end of the day. So who cares what the media says in the States? Uh, we don't need them to justify our feelings of how we feel and how good the Raptors are. They're good. End of story. Can I, I'm just going to make two points here. First of all, if, if this series, if the Raptors win, if the media dare dare ask and i know this is going to come because it is but if the media dare ask Kawhi Leonard if he's going to stay in Toronto i'm literally going to throw my remote at the tv like you know it, it's going to happen though i know it is i i know but it's just like whatever happens here can we just let it happen and enjoy whatever it is and the second point i want to make is to the referees can we just be somewhat consistent it's been driving me nuts when i watch one call at one end and then they do the same play on the other end and you don't call it 
all I ask for is consistency. I don't want to talk about the Raptors being disfavored, whatever. All I'm asking for is consistency, and we're not getting it, and it's annoying. Although I love watching Nick Nurse lose his mind on the sidelines, but I, enough. Like, I, I, I think it's been a it's been a rough year for referees in all of the major sports. I mean, there was that huge debacle in New Orleans earlier this year. Obviously, in the NHL, even in the last game, there's been some uh, scrutiny amongst the refs. So uh, it's just been a bad year for referees in general. But I hate talking about the refs, and I and I don't like it because. If you get a bad call, deal with it. It's just part Move of the on. game. That's just how it goes. You have to just score more points, essentially, than the other team. Um, but I know it is a little bit uh, worrisome in for for fans. You know, it does tick you off. But I thought yesterday's game was very, fairly well officiated. I feel like they sort of put their whistles away. There were some times where you're like, is that a travel? Is that a foul? What's going on here? But they just let them play on. And I thought it was at both ends of the floor. So in terms of officiating... I think uh, yesterday's game was actually uh, fairly well done. Do you guys think there should have been a flagrant on the um, on the headshot? No, absolutely not. No. I think it was completely unintentional. It was just a guy going up for a rebound, a, a complete fluke, and they even reviewed it. Uh, I, I thought it was the right call just to leave it as is. I know it wasn't a flagrant. And as far as the refs, umpires, and all sports and sucking, at the end of the day, the players miss a hell of a lot more shots than the refs make bad calls. So it's never on the refs. Brett, you had your hand up there. Yeah, in fairness, I've become so desensitized by bad officiating over the four major sports that I, it's just it's, it's not bothering me anymore because you can't, you can't fix it, so why bother arguing about it? Fair enough. Uh, let's just do this again. Do the Raptors win? And how many does it take, Brett? Yes, the Raptors win. How many does it take? The next one. <laughs> Jeff? Very precise. <laughs> uh, I think they can close it out in Game 5. I mean, they're coming back home. They'll have home court advantage. I, I honestly think that they can do it in Game number 5. Cam? Yeah, it's going to happen in Game 5, Monday. How many people are going to call in sick to work on Tuesday? Oh, no, no, no. I, I just put my hand up. That is not <laughs> true. No, that is not true. And I will, uh, what business do you work at? <laughs> uh, I, will, I may or may not put call in sick for the parade. Wait, but you we're not, we're not going there yet. Can you just... You asked for our predictions. You asked for our predictions and when the Raptors are going to close it out. I know. I know what I asked, but we're talking about parade now. Well, if you're asking us when the what game the Raptors are going to win, of course we're. It's allowed to talk about a parade. Cameron, thank you for defending me. That happens once every twenty or thirty years. I was going to say every millennium, but when when every century of every since we brought it up, when would be the uh, millennium? When would be this parade? So game would be Monday. I would suspect the the parade would be Thursday, Friday, earliest. Anyway, I think the Raptors could win in Game Five, but I also think that that's going to be—it's got to be the game where the Golden State's going to give you the best punch, and the Raptors have to sustain that. And yeah, I think they—they—they they, they are going to win in five, but it's going to be really, really close. Kevin Durant in or out for the rest of the series? Brett out. Jeff? It's going to be really tough, and I know they've got some quotes from Steve Kerr saying that Game 5 or Game 6 is a possibility. I don't think he's practiced. I don't even think he's gone up any shots. They tried 3-on-3 three three and I guess like a simulated practice, and I guess it didn't work out. No, I mean, it, his injury, and I've said this numerous times, it just didn't look good. Non-contact injuries are always scary. I would be surprised if he came back, but at the same time, they're desperate. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't see him coming back for game five. Game six, game seven might be more realistic. But even then, I don't know. Cam? If KD comes back, 50% KD is better than no KD. And as uh, one of my um, followers on Facebook uh, said, um, the best KD uh, around is Kraft Dinner. So, Boom. Nailed it. Game five uh, goes on... Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern with a half an hour pregame show uh, before the game. Tim and Sid are on from 
6 to 8.30 on Monday. I would presume they're going to be down by Jurassic Park, possibly. Uh, but it's going to be a full-out pregame show. Enjoy the game. And I know for sure that no matter what happens, we will have another week of Raptors talk, no matter what happens. After the break, we are going to dive into the Stanley Cup final. We're going to tell you what we think right after the break here on the Neutral Zone. AMI on Voices for Ability. Stay with us. So what are we talking about? NHL. Who's up in the series? What's going on? <laughs> Three, two. Yeah, what's going on here? <laughs> Same Has anybody even been watching the NHL? <laughs> what's the NHL? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's lucky. the one they play on ice, Bozak right? tripped somebody, apparently, and scored a game-winning goal. That's all I heard. <laughs> luckily for you, it'll only be uh, <laughs> seven minutes of discussion. By the time we get back, back and from... With, uh, <laughs> three other people talking, I'll maybe get 30 seconds. I can talk for 30 Bozak seconds. Bozak plays in St. Louis? Apparently. <laughs> Welcome back to the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. Uh, well, it's time to talk about... That other final that we all in the commercial break were like, there's another final happening? Yes, there is another final happening. And it is the St. Louis Blues and the Boston Bruins right now. For those of you who have been under the Toronto Raptor claw for the last two weeks, uh, the series is uh, 3-2 for the St. Louis Blues. I'm sorry, Dave Recovina, if you're listening, <laughs> but we're on uh, brink of elimination. Thoughts? Uh, Cam, start with you. Thoughts? Uh, well, we were talking during the break, and both um, Brett and I, we follow uh, Molly Bozak on Twitter, so that's the only reason why I know what's going on with the uh, NHL finals right now. And, you know, Bozak tripped somebody, got a game-winning goal, apparently, and so Boston's all up in arms, and they're, like, blaming the referees and really upset. And, and they're fighting each other the fans. In the stands, yeah. exactly. So, Pouring and beer on each other. Yeah, I feel yeah. so sorry for Boston because it's not as though, like, they've ever done anything wrong or had calls, like, in their favor uh, ever. And it's not as though, like, the rat has ever slew-footed anybody to, like, change the series over. So I just feel really sorry for the Boston Bruins. And I haven't... Uh, Talk to my buddy um, Randy Mon up in Creamore. Uh, shout out to Randy Mon and his Boston Bruins because he's been real quiet because uh, they haven't been winning lately. Brett, like Nick Nurse said, act like you've been there before. <laughs> and uh, uh, evidently, they are not acting like they've been there before because all they're doing, all they're doing is whining and complaining. They may have got sc- uh, screwed out of a a win the other night, but. You know, you, they've screwed up other they, yeah, people. They, they, they wins, have other teams that wins. They they have, and the thing about professional sports, professional sports teams, <laughs> and professional athletes is that you need to have a very very short memory, because there's always a new day, and there's always an opportunity to win again. And they they just, I, I think they've psyched themselves out. I really think that St. Louis has them by the cojones, and they're they're going to win. And and Jordan Binnington, St. Louis goaltender, has just played unbelievable in this series. And um, yeah, he has. Who I would think... have thought that a 26-year-old rookie goaltender was going was going to take their last place team to the promised land? And they were in last place as of the first June week 3rd. of January, June or sorry, January third. Yeah, exactly. And then they, yeah, uh, we've just poo-pooed on the Boston Bruins for the last <laughs> couple of minutes. I'm gonna, it's my favorite pastime. I'm going to give some positivity. The fact that Zdeno Chara played with a broken jaw is just unbelievable. I know your jaw doesn't have anything to do with how you play hockey. However, that's got to be a lot of pain. And the fact that he played, that's pretty unbelievable. Brett's kind of giving me this who cares kind of look uh, as he's about to talk. No, no, no. You know what? It's not worth talking about because athletes play through things like this all the time. Zidane Chera is playing through a broken jaw. Congratulations. Good for him. I give you all the credit in the world. You are stepping up. You are being the consummate professional. You are taking one for the team, so to speak. But maybe you should worry about your long-term health as opposed to another cup. Fair enough. 
anything Japan? Because it's the cup, man. Yeah, it's Jeff. the cup. What, like, what else do you expect? I mean, this guy is one of the toughest guys in the NHL. He easily could have said, no, I'm not feeling it. He's a physical guy. That's his game. He's a big guy, and he and likes to use physicality. I mean, think about it. He's wearing a cage. So what? Like, it doesn't matter. If you go still into the board. checking, exactly. You're still checking somebody. That helmet moves. You have a chin strap on. Imagine that. I mean, if you hit somebody and your helmet moves, that jaw is going to just, you know, like potentially a... break again. Like yeah. it's. And I apologize, but what an idiot. How? I mean, he's going for another Stanley Cup. You're telling me you, if you're in the Stanley Cup finals, you wouldn't do anything you possibly could to win. I know I'm never going to go to the Stanley Cup finals. I'm in a wheelchair. I, okay, I get... you go to the Ontario Sledge Hockey Championships. Are you going to just go out because you have a hangnail? No, a hangnail and a broken jaw is completely different. <laughs> I knew who was going to go there. Completely different. <laughs> I mean, am on, I going to fight through a hangnail? Absolutely. Am I going to fight through a broken jaw? If my life is in danger, probably not. But he says that his life is in danger. Nobody has said his life is in danger. Exactly. It's a broken and I'm, jaw. And I'm, I'm certainly taking Wired it to shut. the extreme. And that that is my MO, obviously, all the time. <laughs> we know that. But Next. I'm so. I listen. I'm sorry. You got to give the guy a bit of credit. He's playing absolutely. With, he's playing with a broken jaw. Like, don't even ask me to. Like, I would probably be the guy that wouldn't play with a with a hangnail, Kim. So, so the fact the fact is, is that I I gotta. You know, you gotta give credit where credits due. Do I think they're gonna win? Not so much. Um, but you know, you never know. Um, are they gonna win? Quickly around the table. Yes. No. You Boston? Yes. <laughs> I doubt it highly. No. No. It's not over till it's over, like we said with the Toronto Raptors, but at the same time, I don't know, St. Louis seems to have solved uh, Boston to a certain extent. Now they're just one game away. They have two cracks at winning one game. I kind of like St. Louis. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. And uh, St. Louis in, what, 1967 is when they came into the league? Yeah. And they haven't won a cup ever. So if they do win the cup, oh, man, those Maple Leafs. Yes. Well, we'll see. Game six goes uh, Sunday night, 8 p.m. That's the end of our show. I'd like to thank Cam Jenkins, Jeff Ryman, Brett Wills. I'd also like to thank our manager of AMI Audio is Andy Frank. Tune in next week because you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening.